Joe Goodbury is part of our First Star Media Group. He's got Bengals on the brain. <laughs> so I have him as a guest for our podcast. And I'll tell you what, Joe Goodbury is a football savant. This guy knows his football. He knows his Bengals. He's a true Bengals fan. We talked to Cincinnati Bengals. We talked the American Football Conference North Division. We talked the American Football Conference in general. We talked about unbelievable quarterbacks that are now playing in the AFC. A lot of good football talk. A lot of good football stuff. You football fans are all going to love it. Thanks for joining us in the trenches with Dave Lapham, brought to you by First Star Logistics, as always, emanating from our outstanding studios. And we have got a guest today that knows his football. Joe Goodbury knows more football has forgotten more football than most of us know. I'm telling you, this guy is football 24-7. And uh, Joe, welcome to the show and, and and welcome to First Star Media Group, Bengals on the Brain, YouTube channel. It's, uh, it's going to be big, man. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun this year covering the Bengals with you. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, not only is the team great, but the team I just joined seemed pretty great too. So I, I'm excited to be working with you too, Dave. So let's talk Bengals, Joe. I mean, this it, the AFC North, it, it, it's unbelievable. I mean, I, I've seen more than one person projecting all four teams in the AFC potentially making the playoffs. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of really good quarterbacks in the AFC, and the AFC North is blessed with, you know, three top-notch, in my opinion, three top-notch quarterbacks, top shelf. Uh, Deshaun Watson, I think, will make a little bit of a comeback this year. I mean, going through what he went through, I can understand his performance last year a little bit. What do you think? Give, give me your give me your thought process as you look at the 2023 season. How do you see it unfolding potentially, Joe? Yeah, obviously, I think the Bengals have a great roster and a great team. They're poised to make another run into the playoffs. But having said that, I do think the division is extremely tough. I, I think whenever – a team like the Bengals claws their way from the bottom to the top. I think it, it, it makes every other team in the division a little bit more aggressive, right? I think the way the Ravens said, you know what, we've got to extend Lamar Jackson or else we really don't have a chance, right? You need a quarterback. So they extend him and they go out and they add weapons, right? They, they sign Odell Beckham Jr. We'll see how good he still is. Last time we saw him personally before his injury, he may have been the difference in that Super Bowl game against the Bengals. Yep. Uh, we'll see what he's still got left in him. But if he's a good player, that's an upgrade for them. They go in the first round. They draft Zay Flowers as well. They've signed Nelson Aguilar to be a depth guy. Their roster for wide receiver now is better than it's ever been with Lamar Jackson. And they're mm -hmm. three deep at tight end. So uh, the Ravens got to have a really good roster. The thing is, as you know, injuries tend to carry over year to year to year. And the Ravens are stuck in that right now. The reason they have such great depth all across the team is because the depth has been tested the last two years with as many injuries as they had. Those guys have had to play. Uh, so I still think they're a really good team. They're going to be competitive. They're going to be tough again. Uh, it just depends on if Lamar Jackson's there at the end of the year or not and how far they could go with that. And then I, I'm with you. I think Deshaun Watson probably takes a step forward and back to where close to where he was. I don't know if he'll regain the top three, top five spot he was in that two-year stretch where we, we saw him and he was really, really good. But right. if he does, or if he's even close, if he's top 10 or 12 quarterback, I think the Browns are in great shape to make a, to make a, a fight for a playoff spot. And that's going to be a tough team. You know, it, it, they have good receivers. They've got the best running back, top three running back in the league. They've got uh, three really good corners that can all start and play. Uh, they've 
should be better on defense just going from Joe Woods to Jim Schwartz. I mean, they're probably one of the worst defense coordinators in the league last year to a guy who's proven has a track record. If that defense is even marginally better, the team as a whole is better. I expect them to go to a more passing offense, even though they've been such a uh, grounded pound wide zone team, Bill Callahan up front coaching that offensive line, best line coach in the league. I think they're going to be good if Watson is even marginally better. The Steelers are a wild card. They're perpetually in there. Mike Tomlin's going to get this team to eight, nine wins every year, no matter what, right? So how good is Kenny Pickett in year two? Right. If he can take a step, then the team's good. If he can't, then, well, the pecking order is going to be what it is, and they're still going to have the fourth-best quarterback in the division. I think that's going to be pretty tough for them to overcome. We'll see how, how good Pickett gets. I agree with you, particularly with the Cleveland um, comments you made down the stretch there about Bill Callahan extraordinary offensive line coach. I think Cleveland's got a top five offensive line, maybe even a top three offensive line in the national football league. Potentially. I mean, I think, I think this, this roster is a, is a pretty good one. It's going to be interesting to, to see, you know, how it, how it does come together. I think the AFC North is the AFC in general. I mean, the AFC yeah. North, like we talked about the AFC West, Kansas city, Los Angeles, Denver, three outstanding quarterbacks right there. Las Vegas, what's going on with Jimmy Garoppolo? We don't quite know there, but he's a proven guy. I mean, every quarterback, if they have get hot and have a, a, a good year, they could be a pro bowler and take their team uh, to the Super Bowl. The AFC East, Miami, Buffalo, New York Jets, all outstanding quarterbacks. New England, maybe with Jones a, a cut below, but, I, I mean, it, it, it's incredible. The only division that, you know, Jacksonville has, has a quarterback, obviously. Uh, Tennessee has one that has played well. Uh, the others are kind of in flux. I mean, the AFC yeah, they all drafted has, theirs. The South all drafted their quarterbacks, right? Right, exactly. The South drafted – all of them drafted their quarterbacks. Exactly right. There's like 10 to 12 guys in the AFC from a quarterback standpoint that if any of them get hot, can play well, make a Pro Bowl, and take their team to the playoffs. The NFC's maybe got three or four. I mean, the imbalance of the quarterback position is just incredible by conference, isn't it? It's not fair to be honest with you. It's it's it kind of stinks that uh, you get your guy, you got your Joe Burrow. Uh, if you're Buffalo, you got your Josh Allen, you got your Trevor Lawrence, your Justin Herbert, right? Those teams are like, yeah, we got our quarterback, but yet the, the all of these other teams have their guy too, and you could lose to them in the playoffs. And there's no shame in that, right? You lose to an elite quarterback, that's how it goes. It used to be the saying was, you got the elite guy, you're going to make a playoffs, you got a chance to make a run, but man, you're going to face two or three of them in the AFC where the NFC, you're right. You've got a, a clearer path to the championship game that if you just win that last one there, you can catapult yourself into a Super Bowl opportunity. So yeah, it's tough. I, you know, I, I want to say, and, I wanna, and that's the only reason why I'm not more bullish on the Bengals. I still think they're a top five roster. I still think they should be a top five, top three, probably team in the NFL, but that doesn't mean you're going to have the number one seed. It doesn't mean you're going to have, you're going to win the division. You may have to claw your way through it again. And this team's been there before, so they could do it again. Uh, but you could be looking at that despite being such a good team. Okay, so offensively, uh, a bunch of starters returned. Basically, 10 out of 11 starters returned, you know, for, for the most part. Um, and then there's a little flux at the tackle position. That's that's the one area that we're you know going to talk about here. Orlando Brown, the signing of Orlando Brown Jr., and then the right tackle derby is going to be a is going to have a big big factor uh, in determining the success of the of the football team this year. How do you see it, Joe? Orlando Brown's good. I, I like him a lot. So you get a big, 
strong, durable guy at the left tackle spot. With the Bengals' quick passing offense, you're not going to beat him inside. You're not going to beat, you know, through him to quick pressure to the quarterback. I think that's an ideal fit. Uh, he should be even better in the Bengals' system than he was with the Chiefs because Mahomes likes to hold on to the ball. He tests your 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 depth as a in the pocket. He tests the text tests the depth of the left tackles. You know, by drifting too far back. I think he causes a lot of problems for offensive line sometimes. As good as he is, he's a Houdini in the pocket. But at the same time, Burrow's more consistent. You know what you're getting. You know where he's going to be depth-wise. And I think it's easier to protect. Dave, you probably would can attest to that when you got yep. a guy who's a little more uh, predictable. So I think he should be fine. Now, the Chiefs did a lot to help him, though. They had a lot of running backs flaring out on that side, uh, tight ends helping chip. You know, the flares will be right behind his back to the point where the the pass rusher would almost wait. Am I getting chipped? Okay, let me go back inside to the six foot eight, 360 pound guy and force him into, you know, the strength of Orlando Brown. So will the Bengals do that? Will they give him some help? Uh, the last couple of years, Bengals really haven't given their tackles much help at all, unless it was absolutely necessary and they had to, which, uh, you know, this year at the right tackle spot, maybe the position you may want to help a little bit more often, depending on who, how that plays out. I think all three guys can end up being starters. If Jackson Carmen is taking the next step. And if he's the guy they, they think he was when he was a second-round pick out of Clemson, well, he's got a chance to fight for it, and he would be the cheapest and youngest option, long-term option, at that spot. I still think uh, Jonah Williams is the favorite, though. Uh, he's coming back from a knee injury, kneecap uh, strengthening, or, or making sure it doesn't happen again. So, great. That's a good idea. We don't want to see that happen anymore. But I think the consistency of Jonah Williams is a little bit more predictable and sustainable at that spot over a guy like Jackson Carmen, who maybe he's developing – we haven't seen it. The last two years, he's lost training camp battles to Quentin Spain and Cordell Volson at the guard spot. I, we'll see if he comes in with a little more uh, knowing what he needs to win a battle in, this year or this summer. It'll be something I'll look for when we're in camp. And then Leo Collins, how healthy is he? I mean, we see him. We, it looks like he's ahead of schedule. But at the same time, last time we saw him last year, while it seemed like he was rounding in the form, Bengals had to do a lot in order to get him into that form, get him to a startable level. They had to split it or widen his splits a little bit. Again, much like I said of Orlando Brown, you're forcing edge rushers to say, okay, I can't really take this angle and run the arc. I got to come through him or go outside in against Leal Collins. That plays to his strength. The ball was already out. Otherwise, he was extremely stiff last year. So that's something we'll have to watch as he's recovering from yet another injury. Yeah, that's the offensive line is going to be, you know, the right tackle position in particular is going to be very, very interesting to watch that derby, man. That is a that is an all-out battle. On the defensive side of things, um, you've got eight of 11 starters returning. Both safeties are gone, and cornerback Eli Apple is is not in the equation at, the, at this point in time, obviously. So you get you got three, three members in that back end. What's your feeling? Um, the Bengals lost the killer bees, you know, Bates and Bell. Very, very good communicators. Understood Lou Anarumo's schematics as well as Lou did. They could almost be like a coach on the field. How big a blow is that? Do you think it's not that big a factor? How do you look at the safety and and then uh, the corner position? Cam Taylor-Britt, what do you expect out of him? So I think it is a big blow to lose those veterans at safety. Uh, the strength of the Bengals' defense was able to do whatever they needed to do to win the game, meaning they're extremely multiple. If they needed to come out and be a heavy zone team one week and a, with a lot of three, four looks and fire blitzes, they would do it. And if they had to switch it up and drop everyone into coverage and drop eight and uh, or play man coverage or, or you know switch things pre-snap, post-snap on quarterbacks, they could do it seamlessly. They, they really were able to do whatever they needed to on defense. They would change at halftime, the complete game plan, throw out the previous, come out and, and – 
and it's why they held offenses to no touchdowns in the third quarter for how many games last week last yeah. year, right? And it it's because seven. yeah, yeah. and the com- yeah. completion percentage in the third quarter dropped nine points against the Bengals defense. Like they just they confuse you because they were completely different. And a lot of that is your safeties and the communication back there. They're the ones making the checks. They're the ones coordinating everyone, uh, moving them around, uh, you know, making the communication across the whole uh, back half. And it's not to say that these guys can't do it. I think that one of the greatest things that happened to them is Jordan Battle falling to them in the third round. Sounds like they had a high second round grade on him. He's known for his communication, his intelligence, got a lot of starting experience, but he is a rookie. Let's see how fast he can grasp it and step in. Sounds like positive reports so far out of OTAs and rookie mini camps. I think Dax Hill has the chance to be a star. I think the, in terms of athleticism, his college profile, his production profile, his versatility. Yeah, he didn't play a lot of free safety last year. I think just about 20 snaps is a deep free safety. So a lot of people are down on him. But you didn't really get to see what he's going to do a lot in the NFL, right? So we had, had to play him at boundary corner one game. He had to play a lot of special teams, which he wasn't very good at. So I think what the Bengals have is three safeties with the addition with uh, Nick Scott, who's a veteran, can help bring these guys along. And Nick Scott's a guy who played running back and then slot corner kind of star safety at Penn State and made the transition to a full-time safety. So he can help uh, maybe uh, Dex Hill figure that transition out as well. He did the same thing in Michigan. So if that's a rotation, I think it frees up Dax Hill to be the chess piece for Luana Rumo. So they may lose a little bit in communication in in that veteran presence. They may gain that by being more versatile because Bates was the free safety. That's what he did most of the time. It's what he was really good at. Bell was the strong safety. I don't think you have to label them with these guys. I think you've got guys that can play all positions, do everything you need, even play the nickel, and it frees up Dax to be the guy. And then in terms of losing Eli Apple, replacing him sort of with Cam Taylor-Britt, who started you know, after Luzier went down and those guys ended up being the two starters, I think Cam Taylor-Britt got better throughout the season. I think he's a physical presence. I think the intensity when he's on the field ratcheted up on the defense. Uh, I remember that Chiefs play where they're running like a jet sweep and he's chasing the guy in man, right? And as the guy try, he gets the ball and he tries to cut up, uh, Cam Taylor Britt's right there and lays the hammer on him and drops mm-hmm. him and with almost mm-hmm. no yardage gain after contact. And j- not just that, but like setting the tone versus the Bills, he presses Stephon Diggs right away early in the game, throws him off the route. Diggs, you can see he's frustrated. Diggs catches a little comeback a couple plays later. He grabs him from behind, suplexes him, and, like, right away you can see the defense is, like, we're not scared of this Bills team at all. Cam Taylor-Britt's another super fast, high-motor guy. My only knock on him, I think, it stems from Nebraska because he doesn't have great ball skills. So that's something I I wonder if we'll see uh, rear its head around, uh, you know, throughout the season. But otherwise, I think he's got a chance to be a good starting corner, and the Bengals' cornerback room is pretty good if Awuzie is back and healthy. Yeah, uh, Jordan Battle that you mentioned, uh, when, when Nick Saban is so effusive in the praise of somebody with the football IQ coach on the field, when Saban talks about a guy being a coach on the field, I, I don't think I've heard him do that very often about any player. Minka and, Fitzpatrick was the only one. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And, and uh, I mean, watching him in OTAs and minicamp, he's, uh, he's recognizing, uh, you know, formations, changing the formation, how that affects it on the back end. He's the guy, as a rookie, doing all the communicating. He's the first one to recognize it, even when he's in there with the veteran players. So, I mean, I think this guy has an immense football IQ. And, and as we know, Lou Anarumo, as well as other coordinators around the league, a lot of teams are playing three safeties. And these safeties can all run. That's the thing. They're not stiffs, man. They're not like should be playing linebacker kind of guys. They're DBs. These guys can run. And uh, I, I think it's going to be very interesting to watch in that back end. I, 
I, I don't think, and particularly as good a teacher as Lou Anarumo is, and, and he's got his system, he's got his schematic, and like you said, it's so versatile, and he, and he makes changes at the right time. I just think the guy is a phenomenal teacher of what he wants done, and, and I think he's got players that are bright enough to understand it and, and apply it. I think they're going to be fine back there. I really do. He's got to be a great communicator if they're able to apply that on the field, right? It, it, there's, you've, you've had coaches that'll tell you what to do, but they don't really tell you why to do or can't explain right. it to, to the way that you can digest it. And I think he, he's got to be able to do that for these guys to transition the way they do and communicate the way they do. It's seamless. They're carrying guys, pointing and 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 tagging them off to the next guy in zones. And it's like, you know, it it's either immense practice time of all the experience together, but then at the other time, at the other end, they're putting in backups at corner position and we're missing a beat. Remember when Wuzier went down on that Halloween game? A lot of people were like, oh, they're gonna be they're gonna be in rough shape with these corners. You got a second round pick that hasn't played, you got Eli Apple. We'll have to see how it goes. And there was almost no drop-off. And I think that largely is because of Lou Anarumo and because the safety room was so good. Communication was so tight. They make one mistake and then you never see it again. So we did a draft show together uh on day one of the draft. Overall. How do you think the Bengals draft went? How do you how do you feel like they did in terms of addressing uh, potential holes, if there were any, or adding depth, or whatever the case may be? Yeah, you start with Miles Murphy, someone that everyone thought could go a little bit earlier, right? And originally in the draft season started in January. He was like a top 16 or so prospect. So to still have him there, he's a clear best player on their board. It made sense in a lot of ways. I think they needed to get better at pass rusher. I think anytime that Trey Hendrickson was off the field, and it wasn't often because that guy didn't like to leave the field, you saw a noticeable difference in the pass rush. You know, they just didn't have that next guy. I think Joseph Osai can take that step. I, that's a prospect I loved as well. Uh, but I think now you're four deep at least. And that's not including Cam Sample, who can help him and can play as a mm -hmm. good run defender. And I think mm -hmm. Terrell Basham can be a versatile uh, depth piece if he makes the team as well, if they keep that many defensive ends. Who kicks inside? Because I think they're lacking a little bit of pass rush inside. Maybe Zach Carter takes that step. But if not, Joseph Osai was kicking in. I don't know that's his strength last year, right? And I think if you took a Miles Murphy with his frame and his long arms and the way he's built and the power rusher mentality he has, maybe you kick him inside a little bit more often. Maybe you kick Sam Hubbard inside a little bit more often to add a little pass rush. Maybe you go four defensive ends across the board and you know for some NASCAR packages and let those guys really run upfield and maybe a third and long your pass rush gets better, your your defense gets better. And I, I think they did that with Miles Murphy. And then you get DJ Turner. Again, speed, right? So we're talking about speed in the secondary. Here's the fastest guy amongst them of amongst a bunch of track athletes on the, in that secondary. Uh, very quick, very agile, very explosive. When his foot hits the ground, he moves. He can change direction in a flash. He can run around the circumference of a dime. And the guy in man coverage is exactly what you want in a prospect especially a premium pick prospect. I don't know when he's going to play. We'll see how quickly Chidobi Awuzie can play full-time. If not, maybe there's a rotation to start the year. I don't think you'd lose much there in terms of having the asset of that quickness, that agility, and that speed of the DJ Turner. And then we talked about Jordan Battle already. I think that's a great pick for them. Sounds like they had a second-round grade on him. If that's true, they're probably enamored with that opportunity right. to take him. Right. And then, you know, the rest of the draft kind of goes, hey, we need to get some offensive players here, right? They, they go and get Charlie Jones. He's, a, in my opinion, a slot guy, but can help as a return man. We'll see how much he helps this year. But I think as at least as a return man, he should probably win that job pretty quickly. And then maybe he develops into your future replacement for Tyler Boyd in a year. And then Chase Brown right after that. 
I think he can play. And I think I had a, a second round range grade on him. I didn't think he would be drafted there. I just think he's going to end up being a good number two type running back, somebody they haven't had since they lost Giovanni Bernard. Very similar skills that quickness has the speed that these other guys don't have on, on in that room. And then very experienced as a pass protector. We'll see if that translates. Not many, it's not very uh, similar from college to the NFL. So we'll see if he picks that, fix that up. I think the coaches expect him to. If he can, he's going to play a lot, I think. And then they, you know, spend a few picks here on a punter, desperately needed. We love Drew Krishman, but, you know, Brad Robbins, you spent a fifth-round pick on him. I trust Darren Simmons. He hasn't spent too many picks on specialists that haven't worked out in the NFL. They almost, I think they all have. Uh, so I, I trust Simmons to make the right choice there. And then Andre Yoshivas, I think you get a tall, long, fast corner, small school out of Princeton, obviously. So we'll see how the transition goes there. I think he's got some route running to clean up. And if he does, he's probably the, the inactive sixth receiver anyways. So you've got time to see what he can do. But the Bengals really don't have a lot of depth at outside corner. They really don't have somebody that can uh, stretch the field and be a big body on the outside. And when I watch Princeton tape, thanks to Yoshibas posting it all on Twitter, he uh, he ran a lot of same routes and same situations as T. Higgins. So he might be a natural backup for that position. We'll see how he, he develops and what he looks like early in camp and preseason. And then DJ Ivy. Uh, Miami fans weren't very happy with DJ Avi throughout his career. He got beat on some double moves and things like that. But man, when you get a guy that fast with that length and strength, and he's got a lot of career special teams uh, snaps. So I, that's another pick for Darren Simmons there. I agree. And, and, and Ivy, you talk about his length. That's the first thing. When I saw him on the field in OTAs and minicamp, I'm like, dude, he can tie his shoes without bending over. Cool. I mean, this dude's arms are like, they are. he's got some length, man. And the, the other thing that impressed me, um, and again, no pads or anything like that, but you can see athletic traits and, and things to, to monitor and look for when the pads do come on. Miles Murphy, not only explosive and quick, the dude can bend. And I'm telling you, as an offensive lineman, when you have a guy that can bend and, and, and not lose any, any uh, quickness and, and movement skill while doing it, and you can make that that corner, that edge a little bit shorter and a little bit a uh, little bit tougher to to handle. That that's what struck me. I'm looking at Miles Murphy at, at his size, you know, six four whatever, 270 plus pounds. He ran he ran like a sub four five, and the way he could bend, I'm like, wow, this dude's got some athletic traits, man. To come off that edge pretty good. Yeah, I broke down some of that OTA and minicamp footage. I saw Marion Hobby working with his stance, getting him a little more corrected so he can explode out of there, right? And right, then he's right. running around the bag drills, running the arc on them. And I zoomed in. This is Bengals on the Brain before we uh, joined First Star. But I zoomed in on his feet as he's cutting around the, the arc, right, Run, running in as he at the apex. And then his ankle flexion. I mean, that foot is yeah. down and that ankle's at, at a very tight angle. And he was really – there was no loss. There was – you know, he's hitting that and he's cutting around the corner. I was really impressed with it as well. Yeah, I'm telling you, they, they've they got uh, – they get some guys that are athletic. <laughs> there, there are no two ways about it. So, I obviously, the biggest thing is, like you, you had mentioned um, earlier, injury, avoiding injury. You don't want to have any prolonged injury to any significant player. And every time the Bengals have made the Super Bowl or made a run to the – in the playoffs to the – conference championship game, whatever the case may be, they have stayed healthy. I mean, that's first and foremost every year, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think it's not just a war of how strong your quarterback is, how much depth you have, how good your receivers are, but a war of attrition, right? Can you stay healthy? Can you stay healthy at the right moments? Because remember last year, they lost DJ Reader for a chunk of games. They lost Jamar Chase for a chunk of games. 
but they didn't lose them for the season. And that's, you know, that's key for them to turn it around, go on that win streak and keep it together until they got into the playoffs until they lost three offensive linemen right at the end there. But yes, you're right. They, it's the difference between the Bengals and the Ravens the last two years really is that the, the Bengals have done a great job. Zach Taylor deserves credit. They get out of camp, get it. They get out of preseason ready to go week one. Yeah. They started off 0-2 last year, started off a little sloppy and we had Burroughs appendix. So who knows how much of that was that factored in, but they're not coming out of camp hurt typically. And let's knock on wood just to be sure, but they, uh, he does a good job making sure they're fresh and ready to go. What do you think about the first two games of the season being division games again, like you mentioned, Joe, started 0-2 in the division. Got to go to Cleveland and then get Baltimore uh, here the very the very next Sunday in Cincinnati. I mean, the rubber meets the road right away, doesn't it? It does. And it's, it's tough because even last year, uh, you know, when you start off 0-2 last year, I remember thinking like, ah, those are, these are games that they probably should have won both of them, and it could have been the difference of them getting the number one seed. You think about it, and if they would have been at home versus the Chiefs for that AFC championship game, Maybe they win that one. That's a three-point game, and you know, to in in Arrowhead, that's that could easily be flipped at at Paycor. But you start off this year in, in the division. The Browns are going to look different, I think, in a lot of ways. New new defensive coordinator. I think they're going to go to a more spread offense and and rely on Deshaun Watson. So it'll be the first time we really get to see that stuff. And then the Ravens as well. I think they're saying, "Hey, we paid Lamar Jackson. Let's go and throw the ball. We've got weapons now. Let's do it." I think they'll look much different. And that's the defense the last time. That the Bengals really struggled uh, was with the Ravens in that in that wild card game, and I think we'll, we'll expect the Ravens to do it again. But you know what? I expect if Joe Burrow sees it a second, third, fourth time, whenever that happens, I feel like he gets cleaner, quicker, and more decisive with his throws. And I would expect that to be the Bengals, uh, you know, counter to the Ravens. I agree with you about Cleveland with the new defensive coordinator. It's night and day. Um... <laughs> Ask the Philadelphia Eagles what their opinion is about the defensive coordinator with the Cleveland Browns right now. He changed that whole culture with that football team on that side of the football. That kind of uh, it, it, that gets me like, yeah, we got to be got to be uh, front and center, man. You got to be dot your eyes, cross your t's, mind your p's and q's in that opener. Open with Cleveland on the road, close with Cleveland at home, and a whole bunch of stuff in between, Joe. It's a it's a it's a tough schedule. It's a crazy schedule and. I look forward to catching up with you with regularity because you're a big part of the First Star Media Group right now. Uh, we've got uh, our own YouTube channel, First Star Media Group, and your Bengals on the Brain. People will be able to see it on Tuesdays and Fridays at 8 p.m. Looking for some good stuff. You break tape down as well as anybody. Player analysis, game recaps, training camp analysis coming up. We've got a lot of big plans, Joe. You're the man. Yeah, I guess so. It's going to be fun. This is the fun time. You know, the hard part is making the content during the offseason, right? Now when football starts, it's easy. Bingo. (laughs) No two ways about that. Now you've got, you have, okay, you got to sift through. You have so many options. What's the best here? As opposed to, man, what the hell are we going to talk about today? I know. (laughs) It's great. It's crazy. It's fun, though. And uh, you do a heck of a job, my man. And um, very, very... Excited to be working with you. Thank you. I'm excited to be part of the team. Dave Lapham here. And every day, I am grateful for my experience to have played professional football. As a player, I realize self-motivation, leadership, and appreciating your teammates are key. At First Star Logistics, you can use those same attributes to create the life you want for you and your family. 
Build your future by working hard like I did. You'll see results both on and off the field. Call First Star Logistics today and be part of our winning team.